Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, The Three R's. Our big idea this week is, we can and should risk. We're going to spend some time in the book of Matthew. Enjoy and thanks for listening. How many of you actually remember that commercial? The 80s were great, weren't they? How many of you got sucked into an endless game of risk in your day? Oh, I don't believe you've lived until you've entered into a game of risk with somebody. I had someone tell me after the the first gathering, they said, hey, I've got a friend that's a competitive risk player. (laughs) I don't know how you really brag about that, but hey, he likes risk. And we get to talk about that today. But before we do... I want to take a moment just to introduce myself. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here at Valley Point Church, and I'm really glad that I get to be here with you today, and I'm glad that you're here today. And I want you to know that if this is your very first time here, if you're new with us, I want to say that we're especially glad that you're here. And we hope that you have a great time with us, but our hope is that you will make Valley Point Church your home that you would come alongside of us, unpack your bags, and stay with us at this faith community. And I want you to know that we're here to serve you today, so if there's anything you need, you can just let us know. There's a table for you that's labeled just for you out in the lobby, and there's someone there that you can ask questions to, and they can get you pointed in the right direction. So we invite you to do that today as well. But today we get to continue in our series that we've been in called The Three R's. And I had someone a couple of weeks ago uh, come up to me and say, Hey, Ben, I've really enjoyed this pirate series that we've been in over the last few weeks. I'm like, pirate series? What is this guy talking about? He said, Yeah, the three R's. Ah, that was my reaction too. But I actually thought it was really funny. It made me laugh. And so I figured I'd share that with you today. Some of you really love that joke, by the way. And I know it. But we get to continue the three R's. And we sort of broke this series down into three sub-series, and each sub-series was sort of represented by a word beginning with the letter R. And so the first word we talked about was real, and how Valley Point Church is a real faith community with real people, with real problems, and we don't pretend like we don't have those, and that all of our core values all point towards our vision to point people to real relationships that inspire real significance. We got to unpack all of that, and and, and then uh, Pastor Eric wrapped up that series with two weeks of FAQs, and that was where you submitted questions to him, and he answered those from the stage. We didn't have time to answer all of them. There were a lot of them, but he did what he could, but he made a promise, and he said, I'm going to take all the questions that you submitted, and I'm going to write them out. I'm going to answer them in writing and provide you with that. Well, I think he he regrets that (laughs) because there were a lot of them, but he did. He took all of those questions and he packaged those together and he has some others help him do that. But those packets were at Just For You. I think we may have ran out first hour. Can you believe that? People like flocked. So come back next week if there's none left and we'll have more of those available for you. But it'll be fun to read through all of that. So that was the first R. And then we moved into a two-week series called Rich, where Pastor Eric walked us through how we should and can manage the resources, the finances that God has blessed us with. 
He's blessed us all differently, but we are all rich. And he posed some very challenging questions. And I was challenged, and I know a lot of you were too, because you let us know that this was, this was a good series. And I, and I think that it was healthy for us to walk through that as a faith community. And if you missed any of those talks, you can go back to valleypointchurch.com. That's our website. You can download and stream and listen to any of those. I'd encourage you to do that. Also, in your program, in the talk notes section, there's a little QR code. So if you'd rather follow digitally on your device today, you can do that as well. But today, we get to enter into the final phase of the three R's. And that's when we're going to get to talk about risk. And this word risk... To me, it's kind of a fun word, but it's also a disturbing word as well. Because on the fun side of it, it's like, okay, there's a risk involved. There's a challenge to be had. There is something to conquer. And you say we can't do this? Well, I say we can do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to take this risk, and we're going to do this together. It's fun sometimes. But then on the other hand, it's, whoa, wait a minute. What's this going to take from me? Right? What if this doesn't work? And what if the return doesn't outweigh the investment? So it's a fun word, but it's also a little bit of a disturbing word as well. One of the definitions of risk is this. The possibility of losing some or all of the original investment. Synonyms for this word include endanger, jeopardize, lots of fun words, right? Exposure, venture. That's why it's a business venture, right? Not a business certainty, or everybody would go for it. So why then take the risk? Why go for it? Why risk? Let me ask you this question. What would it look like for you today to take a spiritual risk in your life? Have you ever taken a spiritual risk? What does that even look like? Well, I would say that if you're in this room... At some point, you probably took some sort of spiritual risk, at least in your mind. So whether you've been following Jesus for a long time, or maybe this is your very first week inside of a a, a church setting like this, there was a decision that we made, a step of faith. After all, we're human. We've never seen God. We've never heard audibly from God. So there was some step of faith that we assumed was a risk to get us to this point here. Well, the reality is... That putting your faith in Jesus alone to save you requires no risk. There's no risk involved because there's a guarantee from God himself and from his son Jesus. When we put our faith in Jesus alone to save us, we are guaranteed salvation. And we're guaranteed an eternity with him. However, Jesus does ask us to now take some risks, especially in a, in a particular area. Of our lives, which leads us to the big idea for today, and it's this we can and we should risk. We can and we should risk. I understand that's an imperative statement, and it might take you back a little bit like, whoa, wait a minute, let's talk about this. And hopefully, though, by the end of today's discussion, we can walk out of here with this unified understanding that we really can take a risk, and we really should take a risk. In one area that Jesus specifically asks us to. So today, perhaps it's a better idea to start off with a different kind of question. Maybe we should start off with this question. Why don't we risk? Why don't we risk spiritually? 
especially when it comes to our relationships, and particularly when it comes to sharing our faith with others. Why don't we risk? We're going to take a look at two moments in history that are documented inside of Scripture. And they're Matthew's account of the life of Jesus. Matthew was one of Jesus' disciples, and so this is his personal account of two instances in Jesus' life. So I would encourage you to do this today. These are the words from Jesus himself while he was here on earth, and it's for you and for me today. So kind of lean in and pay attention and see what it is that Jesus is saying to you today. Because these couple of verses that we're going to look like sort of pave the way for what he wants for us here on earth. And so Matthew begins to tell this story. And like I said, he was one of the 12 disciples. Perhaps you've heard of the 12 disciples. These were the, the men that Jesus handpicked uh, to be his closest followers, to learn from him, and to eventually carry on his ministry after he was gone. There were originally 12. It went to 11 after one of them, Judas, betrayed Jesus, which led to his arrest and ultimately to his crucifixion. But originally there were 12, and this is Matthew's account of Jesus beginning to recruit his team here on earth. And we'll pick up in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore, the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter. And this was the same Peter who would later deny Jesus. Jesus was arrested, and Peter was afraid that he was going to get arrested, and so he denied Jesus. But then after his resurrection, he reinstated Peter, and, and eventually Peter went on to be one of the founding fathers of the early church. And so that's this Peter. So he was there with his brother Andrew, and they were throwing nets into the water because they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. It's kind of a unique way to phrase that, but they left their nets at once and followed him. Seems relatively uneventful in Matthew's account because there was actually a whole lot of things going on in this story. But I believe that Matthew kept it simple because he wanted us to pick up on something really significant that's buried within these couple of verses. Because up to this point, Jesus' ministry had been about Jesus traveling and doing things and performing miracles and pouring himself out for others and preaching. He preached repentance and how he was this new bridge between man and God. And through him, we could be made right with him. And he would travel and do all this teaching and his followers would just follow. They would observe and support him when he needed support. But it was really Jesus doing stuff and other people watching him do it. But in this verse we see a shift in Jesus' ministry model. And in verse 19, I think Jesus asked them to follow him in a very particular way. He says, look, come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. I'm going to show you how to do what I'm doing. And he uses a common language here about fishing for people. They were fishermen, so it made sense to them. And they hopped on board, but he's essentially saying, look, come and follow me because I want to show you how to do what I'm doing. I need to show you how to lead people into a relationship with me. As Jesus understood, they didn't realize this at the time, but Jesus knew he wasn't going to be here on earth very long. And he needed someone to carry on his work here. And so he extends this invite to Peter and to Andrew. And this was new for them. 
there was very little risk involved up to this point to following Jesus because if Jesus got in trouble or if someone didn't like what he was doing, they just went after him. It was on him. But now the responsibilities begin to shift. He says, I don't want you to just follow me. I know you'll do that. You've proven that, and I know you love me. I know your heart, but I want you to take a risk for me. I want you to venture into the unknown. And they did. They went for it. They said, this is our time. This is what we've been waiting for. This is it. So Jesus asked us to do this, and we're going to go and do it. And there's no way, there's no way that they fully understood everything that they were signing up for. Because I believe if they did, they may have respectfully declined the offer. It's like, Jesus, look, I have this fishing thing. It's a pretty good gig. There's no controversy here. No one's running us out of town. No one's trying to take our lives. This is pretty good. Look, I appreciate you. I'm honored that you would think of me for this promotion. But I'm going to have to respectfully decline. We'll pray for you. Have fun with all of that. And we'll keep you in our hearts, but let me know if you need anything else. But they didn't. They didn't ask a bunch of questions. They didn't ask what was involved. They just followed. All they knew was that Jesus asked them to take a risk for him, and they wanted to do what Jesus asked them to do. Remember that question that I posed a little bit ago? Why is it that we're reluctant to take a risk when it comes to sharing our faith with others? Well, I know for me... It's fear. It really is. I'm afraid that someone's going to think that I'm weird. Perhaps you're afraid that somebody's going to think that you're weak and you just need religion for a crutch. Perhaps you're afraid that somebody is going to stop being your friend. You're going to lose a friendship or a relationship. Or perhaps you're afraid that someone's going to ask you a question and you're not going to know the answer and you're not going to sound sophisticated enough or smart enough to answer all of their questions. Or maybe your fear is that you're afraid if you share your faith, then what? Insert your fear here. See, the risk isn't trusting in Jesus alone to save us. That's a personal decision. That comes with a guarantee. The risk now becomes when we begin to share our faith with others. There's no guarantee that comes along with that, right? I wish that there was a verse that I could share with you right now that said, Jesus said, if you share your faith with somebody, they're going to respect you for it. Or if you share your faith with somebody, they're going to think you're the smartest person in the room. Or you're going to get a huge promotion for sharing your faith with others. It's just not there. And the reality is, when we share our faith, we cannot control how they receive that, what they think about that. And that is sometimes terrifying. And fear can be crippling. It can keep us from doing great things in our life, but it can also be a motivator that propels us to do great things in our lives. Matthew Paul Turner, he wrote the, the, the book, The Coffee House Gospel, and he says this, It's God's resounding request for his followers to participate in his story. So God wants us to be an active participant in his story here on earth. He wants you and he wants me to be a part of that. One of the things that I do every year, it's one of my favorite things that I get to do is I I coach my son's little league baseball team. And I love it. I love coaching and I love baseball and being around that and getting to be with Chase for all those games. But one of my fears is that 
the parents of the kids on the team are going to identify what I do for a living before they get to know me or even meet me. And they're like, oh my goodness, what's this guy up to? Let's keep our distance. Watch what you say around him. He's a pastor. Or, or they might think in their minds, oh, I'm just waiting for this religious hammer to drop on me from this guy. Well, by far, my experience has not been that at all. It's actually been a great experience because I get to coach the kids and I'm, I'm kind to their kids and I'm teaching them and that breaks down barriers and now it opens up this avenue of communication with their parents and I'm building that relationship and I love being in the community and then in return, I'm able to share things throughout the year. Oh yeah, we attend Valley Point Church. I'm on staff there. It's a great church. Here's some of the things that God has been doing in our lives and in our son Chase. He loves the kids' programs, and I think you would really like it. And we've invited families out, and they've come. Chase had a little friend come, and he was so excited that his friend from baseball was coming to church with him. Well, I also have a neighbor, and last Easter, I knew it was coming, and there was a, we did this challenge on the connection card, and I checked that I would invite somebody. So I felt really guilty, like, I have to do this now. I checked it on the connection card. And so I grabbed a flyer from Just For You, and I took that home. And I just felt like God was telling me to invite my neighbor. And so I'm kind of creeping out the window, trying to find a, a really natural way to present this to him. Well, I see him out working in his yard, so I'm, okay, now's about as good a time as any. So I grabbed it, and I walk Across our cul-de-sac, I say, hey, the yard's looking great. So what's new? And we started chatting. Hey, by the way, my family's going to be attending Valley Point Church next week for Easter. And I just wanted to extend the invite. I think your girls will really enjoy this. They'll be with Chase. And I think you guys will really enjoy this. So just wanted to let you know that you're invited. And so he takes the brochure and he starts thumbing through it. And I was convinced this was the defining moment in our relationship. And he is thumbing through and he looks up and just says, no. (laughs) He shot me down. He didn't just say no. He was a little more gracious than that. He said, you know, I really appreciate you thinking of me and our family. Uh, That's really great of you. But they were from a different religious background. And he said, this just isn't for us. And we're still friends. I think he still likes me. Our kids still play together. I still like him. But no's are okay too. Nobody likes rejection, right? It's not fun, but life is sort of full of rejections and, and my heart goes on and I can live another day and I might even invite him back uh, some other time. That door could open again and I would love to be able to do that. But the point is not that people say yes to us, but that we extend an invite, that we share our story and trust God with the results because he's the only one who can control that. So why should we risk? Well, we should risk because Jesus asks us to. He says, look, this isn't just about following me and watching me anymore. I need you to take a risk for me. I want you to be a part of this. The primary way that God has chosen to share his story is through those who have trusted in Jesus. God could do this any other way. He's God. He could send every single person who needed a sign, the biggest sign that they needed to prove that he was God and he was real and they needed to believe in him. He could write it in the sky. He could write it on the walls. He could do whatever he wanted to to prove himself to others. But that's not what he chose to do. He chose to use you. And he chose to use me to carry out telling others about Jesus here on earth. 
Nobody else has the relationships that you do. Nobody else has the opportunities that you do to share Christ with others. So why should we risk? Jesus asks us to. So that's our first encounter with Jesus. So now we're going to fast forward. Now it's the very end of Jesus' earthly ministry. And this is one of my absolute favorite portions of, of the Bible. I love this piece. Because here we find Jesus. He's walked through everything that he came to earth to accomplish. It's done. And so he went through an intense three-year ministry where he traveled and he preached and he performed miracles and he poured himself out for others and people constantly needed him and needed him and he had to debate other religious leaders and it was just this intense three-year ministry only to be ended by the betrayal of one of his closest followers and friends. And after that betrayal, it led to his arrest, his persecution, And then he was put to death in the most vile and disrespectful way that he possibly could have been in those days. And so he was put to death, and he was dead for three days, and then he actually conquered death. He actually pulled it off, and and he rose again, only to find his followers scattered again. And they were afraid, even doubting that he ever was who he said he was. And so he has to rally all of his disciples back together. Okay, guys, it's all right. It really is me. And he had to convince them that it was really him and that he did what he said he was going to do. And now they're all rallied around. They're all excited. This is Jesus. He says, look, I'm back, and I need to share some things with you. I need you to meet meet me up in this mountain, and I'm going to share some things with you. And they're like, oh, okay, this is it, guys. The boys are back in town. We're going to hit this thing, and everything's going to change. Jesus is going to make right everything that has gone wrong on this earth. This is our time to shine. And so they get up there, and Jesus gathers them around, and he sits them down. They're all so excited, and he says, Hey, guys, remember when I told you I wasn't going to be around very long? Yeah. This is that time. I'm leaving. Oh, and their hearts must have dropped. Like, oh, we thought this was it. We thought this was our time to shine. But this was Jesus, after all. He's really good in these types of moments. And so he said, hold on, hold on, guys. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. It's going to be okay. I have some really good news for you. I actually have some great news for you, and I think you're going to want to hear this. So Jesus comes to them, and he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And so he reinforces this command to take a risk and go. He says, this isn't any longer just for 12 of you. This is for everybody. And you need to go make new disciples. And in return, they're going to make new disciples. And this thing's got to spread. And I need more than just 12. I need everybody to participate in this. And then he goes on into verse 20 and says, teach all of these new disciples to obey all of the commands that I've given to you. Then he slows things down. I believe in his own way, he made eye contact with every single disciple there. He said, but be sure of this. Perhaps today, you've trusted in Jesus alone to save you, but you're walking through a personal tragedy. Well, you're going to want to listen up to what Jesus has to say before he left. Perhaps you've experienced great loss in your life. You're going to want to listen to what Jesus had to say. Perhaps you have a child that has wandered far away. 
and you desperately want them to come back. Listen up, because Jesus wants to say something to you. Perhaps you're struggling with an addiction or depression, and something's got a hold of your heart that just will not let go. Jesus has something that he wants to share with you today. Or maybe you've been abandoned or abused or mistreated or betrayed. Maybe your heart's just full of fear. Maybe you've made mistakes in your life that you are so ashamed of, you don't think there's any way around it. Well, Jesus looked at his disciples like he would look at you right now. He would say, I am with you. Always. If you're going through a personal tragedy, I'm with you. If you're experiencing great loss, I am with you. It's going to be okay. You might not feel like it right now. It might feel like your financial burden is far too great to carry. It's going to be okay. I am with you always. Even until the end of the age. Isn't that nice? I mean, Jesus just knew what to say when people needed to hear it most. And if you have trusted in Jesus alone to save you, you can claim this promise today. No matter what you're going through, Jesus says, I am with you always. So why can we take risks? Especially when sharing our faith with others, why can we actually do this? It's because Jesus is with us, and he promises to be with us. You know those fears that we have? You don't, you don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid because Jesus is with us. You can almost feel the, the disciples in this moment. Take a deep breath. Oh, okay, it is going to be okay. Jesus, you might be leaving, but now we understand you're not really gone. You're going to be with us. So I have a couple of takeaways that I want to share with you before our time ends together. The first one is this, to pray now. Pray that God would send you verbal opportunities to share your faith with others. Pray for that. Ask Him for that. Pray that He'll allow you to share your faith and perhaps to invite someone to Easter Sunday. Or perhaps you're here and, you're, and you would say, I've never really put my faith in Jesus before. Pray now. You can do that today. In the best way that you know how, cry out to God and say, I am in so much need of a Savior. I cannot go through life the way I'm going through life. I have too much sin in my life, and I need a Savior for that. And I trust in Jesus as that Savior. And I believe that He came to this earth and that He died for me. And now I want to follow what He wants me to do. You can cry out to him today, and you can do that today. But also pray now for verbal opportunities to be able to share your faith with others. The second takeaway is this, to be ready. Be prepared when he does send people into your life, and don't get overly stressed out about this. You don't have to share the whole Bible. You don't have to share every answer to every question. It's okay to say, I really don't know. It's like the blind man who was healed. He said, look, I don't know how to answer all of your questions. All I know is that I was blind. I couldn't see. Jesus healed me, and now I want to follow him. I can see. And just like him, you can just share your story. Look, before I lived like this, 
I spoke like this. I thought like this. My family was like this. I trusted in Jesus and he changed my heart. He changed my life. And now I speak like this and I think like this and my family is like this. And I don't know how to explain it. I just know that I want you to experience what I've experienced. Just share your story. It's yours. Someone can't minimize your story. They can't refute your story. It's what God did in you. So share that with others and trust God with what they do with that. You cannot control how they respond. So you just have to entrust that into the hands of Jesus. And then our third takeaway is this. Thank the one who risked for you. Thank the person who invited you to church for the very first time. Thank the person who introduced you to Jesus for the very first time. Because a lot of times we automatically think, oh, it was easy for that person to invite me to church. Oh, it was easy for them to tell me about Jesus. Well, says who? Chances are, if you're afraid to do this and I'm afraid to do this, then they were terrified when they told you. They may have not seemed like it, but they didn't know how you were going to react. They didn't know if you were going to think they were weird or whatever. Thank the person who took a risk for you. And there's no greater way to honor that person than to now take a risk for somebody else. There's no better way to honor Jesus, especially in the Easter season, than to take a risk for him and to share your story and to tell someone else about him and what he's done in your life and extend perhaps that invite for Easter. So we can risk because Jesus is with us and we should risk because he's asked us to. Next week, we get to finish the three R's. We get to wrap up on the second week of risk Pastor Eric will be back, and he'll be answering the question, what does risk accomplish? So when we actually do risk, what does that accomplish in others? What does that accomplish for us? And what does that accomplish for God? So come back next week as we wrap up the three R's on Palm Sunday. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I just want to take a moment and to first of all say thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice for us. Thank you for sending your one and only son to come to this earth and to die in our place and to be our savior. And we're so thankful that we can call on his name and put our trust in him. And I pray for those in this room who may have never done that before, that they would do that today in their hearts. They would cry out to you and make Jesus the leader of their lives. And for those of us who you've put someone on our hearts that We know, sitting here in this room, we know who you want us to talk to. I pray that you would give us the courage and the confidence to go out and to initiate that conversation with them. Help us to put aside our fear and allow that fear to propel us to do great things for you. Help us not to be shy about our faith, even though it's so hard at times. And thank you for our time together. Thank you for everyone who was able to be here today and just bless everyone this week going into the work week. And, 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 and we pray that you would be with us as you've promised. And in your name and in your son's name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well. 
at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m. 